All right, we'll get started now. Uh, we have the pleasure of having Shorty Esh with us today. He's going to talk to us about uh, the Masons, our next door neighbors. Uh, we had that very nice ceremony a couple months ago with the, uh, what do you call the stone in the corner? Um, Cornerstone. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not finished my coffee yet. Um, and uh, led us, some of us, to wondering, uh, who are these Masons? What do they believe in? What's their philosophy? What's their history? And uh, we have the privilege of having one of their members uh, come talk to us today. So thank you, Shorty. Thank you. Uh, can everybody hear me? Okay. Uh, well, so he um, already introduced my, me. me uh, I'm Shorty Esh. The official name is Ernst, but uh, pretty much everybody calls me Shorty. Uh, and uh, we had this discussion on whether or not I'm an expert on masonry, and um, I think that depends on the point of view. So uh, I know a bit more than most people, and I'm a member of the fraternity. And what I wanted to give you today is um, a small overview over what I believe is important in masonry and what masonry actually is. Uh, you know, feel free to ask any questions, interrupt me. Is this too loud? Okay. Uh, you know, feel free to ask me or interrupt me. Uh, I've had lots of students in my life, and I've learned that interruption is usually better than trying to get questions at the end of the talk. Uh, it's okay, so this is, uh, like it says here, it's a personal opinion as a member of the fraternity. So it is not... Um, all-encompassing, and uh, you know, there's you. You will find out through the talk that all Masons are very individualistic, and for each one, they believe, you know, some other things are more important than what I'm showing you today. Okay, facts and fiction. How come none of this is on here? Yeah, but check it out. This is how it should look like. No, no, that's your next slide. Right. That's and your next slide. This is what we have here. So that, watch. This is the next slide. If I go one down, all of it gets lost. Sorry, technical difficulties. It's okay. Yeah. That's hilarious. Okay, cool. Okay, hold on. Wait, hold on. We can also do this. Oh, wrong screen. How did you move that over? All right. Okay, is that okay? My apologies for that. I should have anticipated that. Somehow I didn't do that. Okay, so let's talk about uh, the facts, the fiction, and the rumors that you can get from the public, right? There's tons of opinions out there. People say, well, the Masons, they're a fraternity, okay? Others tell you that they're a secret society. Uh, some others go like, oh, they're charitable organizations. Yet others I've met is like, this is a bunch of old guys, they will be gone soon. Um, 
Others go like, they dress up like women, they wear aprons. Um, yet others so you know, aren't these the guys that wear the fezzes, you know, like Doctor Who? Um, other people say they're anti-women, yet others say they're obsolete, and of course, you know, they could be occult. Uh, yet others are uh, believing that this is a conspiracy, right, to take over the world, to run Washington, D.C., uh, to bring in the new world order or to worship the devil. So uh, if uh, you're trying hard, you will find somebody who will tell you what Masons are all about. So who are they really? Right? Turns out if you turn to Facebook, <laughs> these are Freemasons, all right? I really like this picture. Uh, it goes around a lot, you know. On the top left corner, is like, this is what my friends think I do, right? I sit around, have a fez on my head, uh, smoke cigars. You know, my mom thinks that I'm doing something very important, running the world. The society thinks I'm driving around in little carts. I don't. I'm not fitting into them. You know, we're fezes. The conspiracy nuts think that uh, we're, you know, devil worshippers. We ride goats and, you know, sacrifice virgins and kids. Yeah, I personally believe I'm a great philosopher when I'm in large, right? <laughs> And what I really do is what you see me do every third Saturday of the month, right? I wash the dishes for the charity breakfast. Okay, so now that we got some of the, uh, some of the things behind on the different opinion, so what is Freemasonry? And it turns out it's a complicated topic, okay? Uh, so if you're not counting the public, Freemasonry is actually honestly something different for every member. Every member gets something different out of Freemasonry. There's a different reason why they joined. There's a different reason why they enjoy it. There's a different reason on what they enjoy on the Freemasonry aspect. Okay, some join because we have a very extensive ritual and I'll come to this later. The ritual is a mouth-to-ear piece that gets, uh, that gets uh, transferred uh, through audio, it's not written uh, in order to teach it to other people. Some enjoy the charity that we do. So over here, we're very big in uh, charity breakfast. You've probably seen those. Who of you has been in the Masonic Lodge over there or knows that we exist and has seen the breakfast? So a majority, okay. Um, you know, some like the shrine. So the shrine club... You've seen this, they're dwelling in a different building, right? These are the guys running around parades, they have fezzes on. But they also have a very serious side, which is the children's hospitals. I don't know if you know about this. So the Shrine offers seven major hospitals that does research in children's sicknesses. Uh, started out with burn victims, but now they're branching out. Um, and they take children's on with no charge to the family, period, uh, in order to in order to make their life better, in order to make them grow up to be a productive member in society. Um, some like the fraternity and the fellowship, and uh, like it says on the slide, the list goes on and on. And it, it, if you ask somebody, why did you join or why are you staying, they will give you a different answer along these lines, but it, you know, you, it'll be hard to even do a statistics on it. So let's talk a little bit about facts in Freemasonry. So what is Freemasonry really? And uh, so there I'm a little bit of an expert since I'm a member. Uh, these are things I've experienced myself. So it's a worldwide fraternity. This is not 
So when the Elks tells you it's an international fraternity, they say this because they also exist in Canada. Um, the Masons exist in about 200 countries on Earth. Um, they're organized in lodges. Uh, so you have a Masonic lodge in a town or in an area. Uh, the lodges themselves are organized and are operated under a Grand Lodge. So in New Mexico, we're under the Grand Lodge of New Mexico of ancient free and accepted Masons. Uh, the guy in charge of the Grand Lodge is called the Grand Master. He's in charge. He makes the call on what you can or cannot do as Mason or what the Lodge can or cannot do. We have, you know, of course we have bylaws, lots of them, um, and, and rules, which we'll come to in a minute. Um, so they're operated under Grand Lodge. In the United States, this is where it ends. Uh, the Grand Lodge is the ultimate jurisdiction in New Mexico about Freemasonry. Um, there's the Grand Lodge of New Mexico, there's one of Arizona, to give you an example. Now, the Grand Lodge of New Mexico is reviewing the bylaws and the rules and regulations of the Grand Lodge of Arizona, and then makes the call of whether or not they're following what we believe Freemasonry is. And if that is, then we accept these. We call them brothers. They can come visit our lodge. They can sit in our meetings. We can sit in their meetings if they reciprocally do this. So we have about 300 and... Oh, I should have looked it up. I think on the order of 350 lot, Grand Lodges that our Grand Lodge accepts around the world um, that, I'm, that we are considering part of Freemasonry. Um, there's some lodges that we don't accept. Uh, they're called clandestine lodges. Um, sometimes they jump back and forth. Uh, it was pretty stable during the Cold War, but then when Russia or the USSR broke up, they founded all these new countries, and all of a sudden there were Freemasonry in, you know, Romania, Herzegovina, all of these places, um, and they started to found Grand Lodges. And so for, you know, in the early 2000s, Grand Lodge was actually really busy reviewing bylaws from new states that had been founded. Um, and so new, new Grand Lodges were put into, oh, uh, yes? What would, what would be an example of what would be objectionable? Your lodge is objectionable So that is true for lodges and for Grand Lodges, okay? So in New York, for example, there is a Grand Lodge, and I forgot how they call themselves. They call themselves somewhat Masons. Um, so Masons is in their title, okay, or Freemasons, um, but they're basically, so, so they're excluding you from being a member if you're not a barred lawyer in the state of New York, Okay. One of, the things, one of the things we do not allow is discrimination um, towards a profession, for example. Okay? So, so if, I, you know, if I'm a physicist and I walk into a lodge you know, anywhere in New Mexico that's under the Grand Lodge, they can go, well, you know, we only allow, I don't know, plumbers or you know, carpenters or something like this. Okay? Um, other lodges, for example, uh, in France, there's, there's, in France, there's actually three grand lodges of which, given our bylaws, we only recognize, with one exception, we only recognize one grand lodge per country. 
So in France, we recognize one of three Grand Lodges. One of them falls out of the realm because they're a co-ed fraternity. And so that is one of the big no-nos in the United States. You can't have women as members in, in Freemasonry, which is a traditional thing. And I'll come to that later. Uh, another thing is um, the other Grand Lodge in, uh, in France is requiring you to be an atheist, um, which is another thing that the Freemasons, both in New Mexico, in the United States, and in the world, are uh, having issues with. So in the United States, they're having issues with the fact that you're an atheist. In the rest of the world, they have an issue with it that you have to be an atheist to join. Okay, and I'll come to that later. But, but so it is, you know, there's certain human rights that the Masons believe in. And if you are not willing to put this into your bylaws, into your philosophical foundation, then the Jurisprudence Committee of the Grand Lodge will say, I'm not allowing this. In the 70s and 80s, it was very big here in the United States where actually Grand Lodges didn't accept each other. Some Grand Lodges... Um, so for a while, there used, to be a, there used to be a racistic tendency where, grand, or where lodges early part of the century made it very clear that you couldn't be black to be, to be a Mason. Uh, that shifted during the civil rights movement in some of the states. In some of the, uh, some of the old states, like, uh, or the southern states, uh, decided to, when, when the first you know, northern states allowed black people to become Freemason. Uh, they basically said, we're severing the ties to Freemasonry. You're not true Freemasons. And so it depends on which side of it is. You know, <laughs> you're the true Freemason. The other one is the clandestine. Um, so this drug on all the way until about, I think, seven years ago, we had issues with the Grand Lodge of Mississippi, and they finally changed their bylaws to something that was acceptable for the other uh, 50 states of the United, the other 49 states in the United States to re-accept them. So it, it's, that's a very complicated thing. Masons love to nitpick. So, so uh, this becomes a very extensive, difficult proposition on whether or not you accept a, a Grand Lodge. Um, does this answer your question? Sure. Okay. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Uh, so the Grand Lodges accept each other or not? And um, so fact in writing is the first Grand Lodge was established in England in 1717. Okay, we have evidence that lodges existed before that, long before that probably, but this is the first time there's actually written documentation that a Grand Lodge has met which um, the reason for this was, uh, so, so the Freemasonry existed in England. Uh, the Prince of England was a member in one of the lodges and when he became king, he drugged the lodge out of, you know, non-known existence into the light and made it an official uh, fraternity. Uh, mind you that you know, during or at these times, right, the right of assembly isn't something that was common for people to have. 
So they were kind of worried about this. Let's see. All right. Uh, before I go into more details on, on the lodges or their background, let's talk about the nuts and bolts. How does it work? So if you're a candidate for Freemasonry, you're going through three degrees. You start out um, the ritual and uh, the... Uh, so the ritual and the allegory lies with uh, stonemasons. So you start out as an entered apprentice. Uh, then you become a fellow craft, and after that you become a master mason. And in each degree, we teach you philosophical and moral values through our ritual. Um, and once you're found proficient to know these, you can advance to the next degree. Um, and yeah, it is true. We are wearing aprons, okay? Um, apparently you've seen this when we laid cornerstones, right? So, uh, so the aprons have... Uh, have uh, to do with the fact that our ritual and our symbolism is strongly derived from stonemason culture, who used to wear aprons. Okay, let's see. Okay, so if you look into our, into our um, ritual and you ask what is Freemasonry, the answer in the ritual is it's a beautiful system of morals veiled in allegory and illustrated by symbols. That's a great sentence for the last century or maybe two centuries ago, right? What does this really mean? So our system or our, our ritual and our philosophy gets taught through stories, um, parable-like stories, uh, fable-like stories. The backdrop for those are either the stonemasons and or um, the building of King Solomon's temple. Um, that's Usually the time frame in which the ritual is placed, there's a fictitious story that the candidate gets told which teaches him about the philosophy of Freemasons and, and um, what Freemasonry is about. And in order to emphasize this, uh, we use symbols. So the most prominent symbol is the backdrop of the slides. Right? It's the square and compass. You've seen this probably in a lot of places. Uh, but we have hundreds of symbols that we teach to the candidate. And part of it is, so on the side here you see a few. Uh, part of it is derived um, from several centuries ago. Uh, so Freemason ritual gets delivered from mouth to ear. It's not written down. The philosophy um, is done the same way. So you use these symbols as a visualization crutch to have candidates remember lessons that were taught and that they should be thinking about. Does it make sense? Okay. You all look at me like you haven't had your coffee yet. Is everything okay? Okay, so let's talk about Masonic core values. So every, something that probably 99% of all Masons will agree. So the first thing that you need to have is you need to believe in a supreme being. And there's the first caveat that I actually need to put in. Um, in the United States, we're very clear about the supreme being thing. Uh, in the rest of the world, it is more a supreme concept. It doesn't necessarily have to be a supreme being. Um, so in Germany, for example, I've visited lodges there. Uh, so, so they are okay if you believe in, let's say, the Book of Human Rights. You have to believe in an idea 
that is bigger than yourself. You have to have a non-narcissistic strike in you in order to think about joining the Masons, which kind of makes sense because everything else that's derived from Masonry has to do with society, not with you know, the individual um, so much. Um, the tenets of Freemasonry are brotherly love, relief, and truth. That's one of the things that, that is probably, as far as I have seen worldwide, the case. We have cardinal virtues, temperance, fortitude, prudence, and justice. Yes? Relief, meaning, meaning uh, so if you see somebody in need, um, if they need help, if they're stuck with a car or if they're hanging off a cliff, you shouldn't just walk on because you need to make your meeting. Maybe you should stop and go, excuse me, are you a free climber or do you need help getting up? <laughs> right? Um, does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, so we're supporting people that are, that are in need, you know? Um, so the cardinal virtues, right? I mean, they're not unknown to other people either. Uh, temperance, fortitude, prudence, and justice. Uh, the idea is that you balance your life out, um, that you're not radical in one or the other way, but look at it in a larger picture, okay? And, of course, we have major symbols beside the square and compass. We have the square, the level, and the plumb. So this is directly out of our ritual, right? The square inculcates morality. The level, equality, and the plumb, rectitude of conduct. So these are some basic concepts that, that are required to be a Freemason or to be part of Freemasonry. And so... There's some other stuff that is important for the Masons. We believe in light. Uh, as a matter of fact, in our ritual, we have a different calendar, which is the year of the light. Um, and so, so light is uh, usually symbolic, especially in Western culture, for knowledge. So we're bringing knowledge to the candidate. We're infusing him with that knowledge. We believe that the knowledge makes a person better. It makes him more responsible. It makes him able to think about things instead of accept something that gets told to him. He can actively think about and form his own opinion with education. Uh, so we're very interested in furthering the seven liberal arts that's also in, the, in our ritual. Right, grammar, rhetoric, logic, arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy, which is derived from uh, both the Greek and the Renaissance period as you know, the sciences that any educated person should you know, research in and uh, use in order to help themselves make up their mind and be an o their own individual and, and create their own opinion. So all of this ritual basically manifests itself today in, a, in core beliefs of Freemasonry. Okay, one is freedom of religion. Uh, we don't tell you what God to worship. That's between you and your religion or your church. Um, what we need is we need you to believe that you're not the ultimate highest level. One of the reasons for this is you take an oath when you come here into the lodge, and that is a, a traditional oath. We can talk about this later. I don't have a lot of slides because it's a complicated thing by itself. But uh, 
Um, so the philosophy behind this is if you don't believe that there's anything greater than you, then an oath from you is really not worth anything because you can break it at any time since you're the ultimate end goal of your life, right? Uh, we believe in equality, so we believe in freedom of speech, you know, the level thing. We believe that, you know, people should meet on the level. They should have the right to say what they believe. Uh, we also believe that if you have this, the right to say what you believe, you should be tolerant towards other people's views. Other people have been brought up differently. Um, they have a different point of view. And instead of condemning them, maybe you should try to see their point of view and see if this is something that makes sense or doesn't. Um, so come together and discuss or argue something without being intolerant and shutting somebody out just because they have a different opinion. Uh, we believe in education. Right? The enlightenment has uh, the word in it. Uh, we believe in charity, help for others. Uh, and we believe in honesty. Um, you know, it's hard to you know, not have honesty amongst friends and, and call themselves friends, right? Uh, and it's a basic form of respect. And you're supposed to be striving to better be a better person today than you were yesterday. That's the Masonic philosophy is supposed to help you with that. The ritual is supposed to help you with that. You know, question what you're doing and have an answer. I always tell this to my kid, you know, when he, uh, like, breaks the window or does something wrong. It's like, what were you thinking? And his answer a lot of times is, I don't know. And... Uh, you know, as a grown-up, you shouldn't be caught with that. <laughs> you should have a reason for why you did what you did, right? Uh, okay. And, of course, you know, if you talk to people, masons, they're, you know, secrets, they have rituals. What's up with that? Um, and why is this the case? So masonry is very old, okay? And the core beliefs of Freemasonry, which to you all sound rather simple, I'm assuming, okay, used to not be so simple. As a matter of fact, they used to be downright heretic a few centuries ago in most countries. So the, the philosophy of you know, free speech or meeting on the level, allowing people to have their say, have their opinion, discuss it, review it, um, is something that uh, you could easily get prosecuted for. As a matter of fact, it happened to Masons in Germany during World War II, right? The Nazis um, shut down Masonic lodges and put Masons in concentration camps just like they did with people from the Catholic Church or Jewish people. Uh, you know, during the Middle Ages and in authoritarian states even today, you know, the idea of free speech and, and you know, critical thinking is not something that, uh, that is... Uh, Supported. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, you can be, uh, you know, you can be, you can be prosecuted for it. And so, in the Western world, the secrets and the rituals and the handshakes are sort of symbolistic. But I've personally been in countries where the passwords change every time you meet, and so do the locations. And I have a friend who actually has been smuggled into a Masonic Lodge because he was Christian in a Muslim state in the back of a car driven to an unknown location in order to do the meeting. 
So, so it's it's um, so we're in that transition, and that's the reason why we, why you know we still have these secrets that people are talking about. As I said, in the United States, you can list them on Facebook. I won't tell you since I promised not to, but uh, you can look them up. Uh, past Masonic ties in the United States. How is the past looking here in the United States? So 12 signers of the Declaration of Independence were Masons for sure. Uh, U.S. Constitution uh, resembles strong Masonic values. Almost anything in the Constitution and in its amendments uh, has some Masonic underlying principle. Uh, the United States was the first country that, that actually you know, built these ideas into their constitution. Um, 14 U.S. presidents were Masons, and uh, even the Masonic lodges uh, were used to discuss, to discuss battle plans, uh, both during the Independence War, and I should have added also in the Civil War, both North and South used those, um, because they believed that the secret would be kept in lodge, which is one of the things that you promise you know, it's like Vegas. Whatever happens in Lodge stays in Lodge. <laughs> okay. So what do we do today? Uh, you know, today you find Masons, you know, doing community breakfast. We do dinners, public talks, homework clubs, hospitals. We do discussion groups, parades. Uh, we have discussions amongst each other. If you ever want to hear one, you know, come by at 6.30 at Morning Glory on Thursdays. A bunch of us brothers and we'll sit around and solve the world's problems. Uh, we visit other lodges in the world, which is one of my favorite things. Uh, we do a funeral service. We do a cornerstone laying uh, as evidence. Uh, over here we do the Bikes for Books program where we hand out bikes for kids that read enough books in schools and have raffles afterwards. Uh, we sponsor Cop Scouts. That's a local thing, but Masons do this throughout the United States and also in the world. Uh, we help in the community. We do a lot of children's support. We have a lot of different hospitals that the Masons are funding in order to do uh, children's support. Uh, we support the human rights, and we provide a support network to those in need. Uh, as a matter of fact, when we had uh, Sarah Grandefire here in Los Amos, the Masonic fraternity around the world uh, sent over, I believe, $190,000 in donations to Los Alamos to help people that lost their homes uh, completely unsolicited. It's just sort of rolled in. Um, so what does masonry offer in the present for the individual, right? It's, so it still offers a strong set of morals for a societal code of conduct. It offers a firm belief that a different opinion can be respected uh, we believe in true freedom of religion. Uh, we offer charity for communities, kids, hospitals. Um, we offer fellowship. We offer discussions. And one of the big things is we offer tolerance, which seems to become less and less in this world. Let's see. So if you join Masonry, you know, we have tons of... Uh, Tons of uh, other organizations that you can join once you've joined uh, Blue Lodge, the three degrees. Uh, we have York Ride and Scottish Ride, which take the degrees philosophically to the 32nd and 33rd degree. We've got the Shrine. These are the guys that wear the fezes and are in the parades and have the children's hospital. 
we have a lot of research that you can join uh, where people are looking at uh, historic events in Freemasonry uh, and current um, uh, and current things that Freemasons are doing. We've got the Eastern Star, which is a co-ed organization, uh, usually run by the ladies. Um, they do something similar than Masonic Lodges. Uh, we have the Order of Rainbow Girls, and we have the Order of Demolays. The Rainbow Girls are the female organization, and the Demolay are the male, the young male organizations. And um, so on the right side, the, the winged pyramid there is... Uh, is the uh, widow's son chapter of motorcycle riders, so we have those two. Uh, I'm just showing a few here. We've got uh, more than 100 subsections of Masons that you can join if you want to. Okay, so what they say is they're making good men better. So how do you become a Mason? Uh, the first thing is we're not the Jehovah Witnesses. We won't come from door to door and go like, hey, please join us. You have to ask. You have to show some interest um, uh, in order to become a Mason. You have to believe in a concept that is bigger than you, that's a supreme being thing, right? And the core values that I talked earlier about, you already need to, to some degree, agree with them. Otherwise, you might not be the right candidate for the job. And why, so, here's why I'm a Mason. So I like the ritual and the philosophy that they have. I like the guys I hang out with, believe it or not, even though they're nitpicky. Okay? I like the rights of visitation. I really do. Every time I go on travel, I find the lodge that's meeting. I give them a call. Uh, I go meet new people. I can spend an evening with people that are, you know, have new ideas and, and are willing to discuss stuff with me anytime I want uh, when I'm on travel. Um, and I'm a Freemason because I care. I care about the society. I care about. Um, I care about the community. Um, I care about humans. All right. There are some uh, frequently asked questions. You know the secrets. We talked about this. How do they make good men better? You know what really goes on in a closed garage room? Mostly business decisions. Nothing too fancy. Uh, why was he, you know, why are Masons given a white leather apron? So we talked about that, right? It has to do with the stonemason culture. And the white leather apron stands as a symbol of a clean mind and an innocent to, you know, look into things. Uh, do we really ride goats? Unfortunately not. If you have taken a look at my lawn, I really was thinking of buying a few so that we can have them eat the lawn since the lawnmower is broken. But... Um, we don't. Is the ritual evil? Personally, I think not. So where are we standing with the future is my last slide. So we offer a strong moral compass. Okay, and we believe that a difference of opinion does not make enemies. Uh, we believe that patient and personal investment into an idea or philosophy is needed to become a better person. Okay, and that is definitely challenging in, science, in a society today. Uh, things are, you know, Everything needs to be short, and you need to be fast about things. That's a, a countercurrent there. And uh, there's lots of questions that Freemasonry needs to address amongst themselves and also in society, I believe. With that, uh, if there's any questions, please feel free. Yes? What does the G stand for? What does the G stand for? Uh, geometry. Okay. One of the uh, seven arts.
Um, I, I think you already addressed this, but there's a Scottish Rite Temple in Santa Fe. Yes, it, that is part. Is that so? That is part of um, Masonry, but a different group. Uh, yes. So the Scottish Rite offers 33 degrees, well, 32 plus an honorable degree in Freemasonry. Uh, whereas Blue Lodge offers three, but you cannot join Scottish Rite until you have taken the first three degrees. So the degrees that we offer in Scottish Rite are um, an in-depth discussion of Masonic philosophy and, and human rights aspects. Uh, and so, yes, so the, so the Scottish Rite Temple in, in Santa Fe is, is uh, one of their headquarters. We have two of them in the state. I was struck by the the first item in your list of principles about uh, everyone being equal. Uh huh. No. This one. No, not that one. This one. That one. Yeah. Freedom of religion. We don't tell you which God to worship. That's okay. That's precisely what the second word in the title of this organization means. Universalism. Right. Universalist is, is the principle. Of, essentially, our history is a little different, but to derive from the principle 200 years ago that um, a loving creator God, father God, would not penalize any of his children just because they went to the wrong church. Um, we have that overlap, clearly. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I have a friend who is a member in this church, and he said the Unitarians are a lot like the Masons, but they don't wear aprons, and they allow atheists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the Unitarian business does mean something that you don't have there. It rejects the Trinity. Yeah. Okay. So that that is a difference. Um, you were talking about the origins of masonry in the United States having to, a lot to do with the revolution. Wasn't George Washington a member? Yes, sir. George yeah. Washington was a mason. As a matter of fact, he was a sitting master, I believe, of, of uh, mm, of uh, I forgot the name. It's uh, D.C. Lodge Number 3, and I forgot its name. I'm sorry. Uh, during the Revolutionary War, actually, uh, when D.C. wasn't D.C. Um, and they offered him to become Grand Master of Masons for life in the United States, and he decided... Well, so he turned it down and suggested that it would be much better to have a Grand Lodge in every state instead of um, an overarching... an overarching, uh, you know organization that makes decisions. 
Would you talk a little bit about the exclusion of women and if there's any movement within Freemasonry to kind of merge with Eastern Star? So uh, I must have given the wrong impression uh, on the movement to merge with Eastern Star. Um, Eastern Star is an organization that uh, is co-ed. Uh, however, it is run by women, so men can join, but they usually don't hold offices. Um, there's, I think there's one honorable office, the Grand Patrons... Sorry, I'm not a member, I don't know. Uh, but... but uh, but um, so, so they are part of the Freemasons family, okay? The overview that I've given you is the overview of Blue Lodge, which is traditional Freemasonry in the three degrees. Okay. Um, there are discussions about having women in Masonry. As a matter of fact, the Grand Lodge of Colorado has just accepted a second Grand Lodge, which is a female-run Freemasonry. Uh, they have chosen, the female-run Freemasonry have chosen to allow male members to enter the fraternity and or the sorority, I'm not sure whatever the gender-neutral word for it is. Um, and so they are, so they are co-ed. Uh, so they accept each other, okay? Um, the Grand Lodge of, of Colorado has chosen to stay a pure male organization. Um, so there's a lot of pros and cons that you know people could argue to and from. Uh, on a personal side, I get a lot out of the fact um, that we are a male organization. There's things I can discuss with another man that I probably wouldn't bring up with female in the room. Um, and vice versa, right? Um, so my wife really does not want to join Eastern Star, which is fine. I have no problem with that. Uh, however, she you know loves having a girls' night out, so she and her girlfriends are meeting. They kick the, kick the husbands to the curb and spend a weekend somewhere, right? And no, I mean you're laughing, but it's true. And no, and and I'm and I'm and I'm a fully I'm fully supported supporting of this, right? I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, so would I, so, so, so I've seen many lodges or many grand lodges now in the world that uh, have Masonic principles and have female members and I think it's great because having this philosophy doesn't mean you have to be male, okay? Uh, that came out of a traditional few of the world, right? It's the same reason why, you know, you know, white landowners were the only ones allowed to vote when we founded the United States. It had to do with education and it had to do with having a stake in that country that you're living in, right? And the same thing is true, you know, back then women just weren't educated, which we have, as a matter of fact, it turns out, Masons built the first schools for females to, you know, be educated at the turn of the century, right? They were also promoters of women being allowed to vote. Um, 
So I think hopefully in the future, I think it will be big enough of a deal that we will have selective lodges. So you can have lodges that are co-ed, you can have lodges that are pure female or pure male, and you can join either one of them or visit any one of them as, as you would like. What, what, what unites us is the philosophy behind ritual that has, I don't think it has anything to do with gender. Right? If you, you know, you don't have to be male or female to, you know, make that call. Okay, I think we're going to have to stop. We're a little bit over time. Thank you, everyone, for coming. If we can thank our guests.